Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Comerica Park in Detroit. It's the Cleveland Indians 3, the Detroit Tigers 1. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played, and what a delight it is to watch Shane Bieber pitch. It was a great outing by Bieber. It was a good matchup between aces. It was Bieber against Turnbull. I don't know if Detroit considers Turnbull their ace or not, but he's definitely been their best pitcher so far this season. But Bieber comes out on top. He gets the win, moves to 4-0. Turnbull takes his first loss on the season, and Brad Hand gets the save. So how'd it go down? What happened last night? Let's take a look at the highlights, the game summary. And I will tell you, for the Indians, the highlights are a lot of strikeouts from Shane Bieber. He continues to lead the league. And in a little bit, after we talk about the game, we will take a look at the league leaders in pitching and see, is Shane Bieber really ahead of the pack? Is he the front runner for Cy Young this year? So we will dig into those numbers in a little bit. But first, kicking things off, the scoring really got going in the uh, third inning. There were a couple of interesting things before that. Jose Ramirez had his second steal on the season. Domingo Santana hit a long shot out to left field that one-hopped the wall. Unfortunately, it one-hopped right back to the outfielder, Christian Stewart, who gunned him out at second base. We saw this earlier in the season with Lindor. Sometimes I feel you you saw the look in his eyes when he rounded first base. It was that, oh, shoot, I got to go. That giddy up look in his eyes. You can turn around and go back to first base. It, it is allowed. So Domingo Santana gets gunned out trying to go for a double. But at least he's hitting the ball. The third inning is where things get fun. Sandy Leone walks to start the inning. And I got to say, he's he's definitely been uh, paying attention to what Carlos Santana is doing. Because I feel like Sandy Leone has been walking a lot. Oscar Mercado getting back in the lineup in center field, batting ninth. It was pretty much the same lineup from last night that put up all those double-digit runs. Except for Oscar Mercado gets the start in place of Delino to Shields. He walks. Then Cesar Hernandez, being a speedy leadoff guy, goes to lay down a bunt, move the runners up to second and third. It's good small ball, especially when you have your ace on the mound, right? What a way to support the ace by putting up maybe a run or two early in the third inning and giving him the lead to work with. So I like it, except Cesar Hernandez is so fast and it was such a good bunt, he's safe at first. So now we got bases loaded, nobody out. The bunt works in our favor. Jose Ramirez swings at the first pitch. He gets a, look like maybe a slider. It was only 80 miles per hour, which Turnbull has a really good fastball. He struck Santana out at 97 miles per hour. But he throws him a first pitch slider right at the hands. Jose Ramirez turns on it, crushes it into right field over Cameron Maben's head. Two runs come in to score. Cesar Hernandez moves up to third. He stopped there, and Jose Ramirez has a two-RBI double. So what do we say? Get those runners up. It's a scoring position, and then Jose Ramirez delivers. Now, here's where I got really frustrated. Francisco Lindor, with nobody out and runners at second and third, strikes out swinging. There are so many ways to create that run. A ground ball to the right side scores that run. A sack fly scores that run. 
He could have laid down another bunt if he wanted to and scored that run. There are so many ways to bring that run in, and he strikes out swinging. Yeah, for the guy who's supposed to be the RBI machine in the three-hole and the star player on this team, it's very disappointing and very frustrating. Carlos Santana does what he does. He walks, which loads the bases up again for Fermil Reyes. Fermil Reyes works himself into a good count, but unfortunately grounds the ball right to shortstop Nico Goodrum, and they turn the double play to end the threat. At least he put lumber on it. Okay, so a very frustrating inning, right? Everybody did what they're supposed to do. Even when those runners are on second and third, uh, Rick Manning got all excited because he's like, oh, they're definitely going to put a few more across. They only come out of that inning with two runs scored. I, For me, and watching Lindor bat this game, he just does not seem to like hitting in the three-hole. So... I am officially going to jump on the move Francisco Lindor to the leadoff spot train. If I'm the first one jumping on, I'll be the engineer and drive this train. Lindor has to move back to the leadoff spot. And it's a really simple move. There's no reason Cesar Hernandez can't hit second and Jose Ramirez can't hit third on this team. He's your hot, one of your hottest. Well, I know he was struggling for a little bit here, but he's, he's one of your best hitters on this team. So go Lindor, Hernandez, Ramirez. Keep Santana in the four hole. It feels like he's working it out, and Santana will get to him in a second. And keep Fermil Reyes fifth. Look, it's fine. I think that would maybe that's what Lindor needs. Maybe that's just what he needs as a player. Hitting leadoff just puts him in a better mindset and puts a better offense on the field. So there we go. The train has left the station. Move Lindor up to the leadoff spot. So how does Shane Bieber respond in the bottom of the third inning? Strikes out the side. Does give up a walk to Nico Goodrum, who stole second base, but strikes out the side. That's how you respond as an ace pitcher. When your team puts up runs like that, you come back, strike out the side. That's huge. That really turns all the momentum in your favor. Guess what he does in the fourth? Strikes out the side again, this time in order. He really, in the third inning, just really started cooking. In the fifth inning, the Indians get on the board again. Jose Ramirez walks this time, steals second base again, his third steal on the season. So when he's being aggressive like that, you know he's having fun out there. We talked about, you know, who's having fun on this team, who's enjoying the season. Jose Ramirez definitely looks like he is enjoying himself, especially when he can crank up the wheels and steal two bases in a game. Lindor strikes out swinging again, but Carlos Santana comes up, actually puts lumber on the ball. Guess where he hit it? Left center field. He he just hits a nice, easy shot out to left center and goes all the way to the wall for a double, and Jose Ramirez comes in to score, and that would actually be the Indians' last run on the game. That's all they put up were three, and that's really all they needed. So Santana, I don't, I don't know if he was listening to the show. Maybe he was on the team bus listening to the show going, hey, maybe I should hit the left center field. But we talked about it a few days ago. He takes our advice and gets a double out of it. So big hit from Carlos Santana. It almost felt like an insurance run at that point, the way Beaver was pitching. You knew three runs probably was going to cover it. In the bottom of the seventh, Shane Bieber's last inning, they, the Tigers actually do put together a little bit of a threat against him. Jonathan Scope reached on a fielding error. He strikes out Candelario. Then Christian Stewart comes up, singles to center field. So they do have two runners on. They got a running 
runner in his scoring position. And Cameron Maven grounds into a double play, an easy double play, Lindor to Hernandez, back to Santana to end the threat. So that was really, that was the biggest trouble. The seventh inning was the biggest trouble. And uh, Tito Francona has not been quick to go to his bullpen this season. He's really been letting his pitchers work themselves out of jams. It was the seventh inning. He had had a heck of a start, a heck of a game. He got his 11th strikeout, his last strikeout in this inning. He very easily could have said, you know, you did a great job. We're going to bring in Wickren. We're going to bring in Simber to finish this inning out. No, he left him out there. He finishes it off with a double play. So Terry Francona showing all the confidence in the world in his starting pitchers. And then things get interesting in the ninth inning. Bottom of the ninth, Brad Hand comes in for the save. Starts things off by walking Willie Castro. Okay, not a great start. He gets Miguel Cabrera to line out sharply to left field. Looks good. He gets what looks like Jonathan Scope to ground out. However, Jonathan Scope turns and points back at Sandy Leone and basically calls for catcher's interference and gets the call. So that moves runner-up to second, first and second, one out. They review it, and to be honest, watching the review, it just looked like one of those ones where you were never going to be able to tell. I, I wasn't listening at the time. I was just watching, but... It looked like one of those reviews where it's like, we, we have no evidence to call this either way. Like, maybe he grazed the glove. It doesn't, you don't see the glove bend at all or anything like that, but they can't overturn the call. So the call is withheld. They up, upheld. They got runners at first and second. Candelario's up. He flies out sharply to Bradley Zimmer. He smoked one, but it was right at Zimmer. Jacoby Jones then pinch hits, and Jacoby Jones hits a Double down the left field line. It, it really was a, kind of a bloop. Anywhere else in the outfield, it's just a fly ball out, but he put it perfectly down the line. Bradley Zimmer jumps behind it, was able to get it back in quickly, so they hold the runner at third. A run does come in to score. Runners at second and third now, still two outs. They have a mound visit. Carl Willis comes out and talks to him. He gets Cameron Mabin to ground out, back to him, Brad Hand, Flips it to first base to end the game and end the threat. But Brad Hand, once again, has a very, very scary, very rough ninth inning. And, you know, I don't totally blame Brad Hand on this one. I thought the catcher's interference was a bad call. Unless they heard something, it really looked like he just, he did not hit the glove. It didn't look like the glove bent at all from contact of the bat. So... That was tough, and then for the next few batters, he was really nibbling around the edges of the zone and was just not getting any calls. Uh, so I don't know if the umpire felt the momentum and the umpire wanted to have an interesting ninth inning. His slider was breaking well, his fastball was sharp, and he just wasn't getting any calls on the edges of the zone. But Brad Hand works his way out of it. He gets the save. Brad Hand, man, he... He seems like an interesting guy. I, I've never heard him do an interview or anything like that. I guess I'll have to look it up. He looks uncomfortable on the mound. He's always pulling on his jersey and stuff like that. He just looks uncomfortable out there. Even his windup is uncomfortable. But he gets the job done. It's actually his fifth save on the season. So pretty good job overall from the Indians pitching. And when you have Shane Bieber leading things like that, 
Seven innings for Shane Bieber, three hits, no earned runs, a walk, and 11 strikeouts. Wickren gets the hold. He pitches a clean inning with one strikeout. Hand, again, that line is one inning, one hit, one unearned run because of catcher's interference, and a walk. So that is the line for the Indians pitchers. Not only did Shane Bieber have 11 strikeouts, but he also got eight ground ball outs. So that means of his 21 outs recorded, 19 of them came via strikeout or ground ball. So you, even when they were putting lumber on it, all they were doing was pounding that slider, pounding that curveball into the ground. So that is just a perfect start for Shane Bieber. On the offensive side of the ball, things were really being run from Jose Ramirez. Cesar Hernandez did have a hit and a walk. He got up base twice. He held up his end of the bargain. Jose Ramirez with those two hits, two RBIs, two walks, a run score, two stolen bases. You know what? If it wasn't for Shane Bieber's great pitching performance, Jose Ramirez definitely be trending towards MVP for a day. However, with 11 strikeouts, such a brilliant pitching performance from Shane Bieber, it was the slider. It was the curveball. They couldn't touch those pitches. Then, just when they were expecting a breaking ball, he would lock them up with a fastball down at the knees. It, all pitches were working last night for Shane Bieber. Every one of his pitches was just perfectly locked in. It's amazing watching the slow motion camera on some of his pitches because the spin he gets on his curveball, the spin he gets on his slider, the it's intense. It's awesome to see. They even ran the camera. Uh, they had the cameraman sitting behind home plate last night, which was really cool to watch Miguel Cabrera strike out from that angle. So they did that for an inning, which was fun. And you have no chance. The way these pitches snap off, you just have no chance. And that's why Shane Bieber is definitely MVP for the day. Now, is he MVP for the season is the question. So heading over to fan graphs, let's take a look at the league leaders in pitching. And let's see, does Shane Bieber really stack up against the rest of the league, right? We've, we've only been talking about the Indians on here, so maybe there's other things going on around the league that we haven't seen yet. So let's go with some of the old school stats. I know wins is, not, is kind of frowned upon now, but hey, it's still an interesting measure of a pitcher's performance, and he is tied for the league lead in wins. Shane Bieber, Sonny Gray, and Garrett Cole all have four wins. Bieber and Garrett Cole are 4-0. Sonny Gray is 4-1. All right, so he's leading the league in wins. What about strikeouts? Oh, he is definitely leading the league in strikeouts. He's got 54 strikeouts on the season. Sonny Gray is next at only 45. Aaron Nola from the Phillies at 37. Lance Lynn with 36. So, yeah, Shane Bieber is all alone in the 50s with 54 strikeouts. And uh, Sonny Gray is the only guy in the 40s, and the rest of the league is in the 30s. So, yeah, he is definitely killing it when it comes to strikeouts. Let's go ERA. We're sticking with the old school stats right now. I'll jump into the advanced stats in a second. For ERA, he actually comes in at fifth at 1.30 ERA. Zach Plesak is actually a tick ahead of him at 1.29 ERA. Max Freed from the Braves is 1.24. He's 3-0 on the season. Lance Lynn, 3-0 on the season for the Rangers. He's got a 1.11 ERA. And 
Randy Dobnik from the Twins, he's had one less start than those guys. He's at a 0.90 ERA and somehow has a loss in that. He's 3-1 and one on the season, even though he's only given up two earned runs on four starts. So uh, he is behind a little bit in ERA, but let's go advanced. Let's get into the advanced stats. Let's see where Bieber lines up. And we're going to FIP. Now, FIP stands for Fielding Independent Pitching. And what this stat does is it eliminates all outcomes that involve the defense. It is, a, it is just strikeouts, walks, hit by pitches, and home runs allowed. Those are all things that it doesn't matter who's the defender behind you, what happened, errors, bad angles on the ball. It takes all those things out of it, and it just looks at what the pitcher did, how the pitcher influenced the game. So who is leading the league in FIP? And it reads just like ERA. It's actually Luis Castillo from the Reds, who I believe he's 0-2 on the season, but he's got a 2.05 FIP. Shane Bieber comes in at second. He's got a 2.13 FIP, which is really, really good on the season. Zach Granke is third at 2.15. Yu Darvish is next at 2.18. Plesak comes in at 2.38. He's ninth in the league. Randy Dobnik, like we said, was leading the league in ERA, but he's got a 2.79 FIP. So Shane Bieber, Luis Castillo seems like a an interesting case study because I believe, yeah, he is 0-2 on the season at four starts. So the fact that he's got that really, really low fit tells you something about the defense behind him maybe. I don't know. Shane Bieber, second in the league in FIP, leading the league in strikeouts, Ks per nine innings, definitely leading the league, 14.02 strikeouts per nine innings. He's averaging nine strikeouts per walk. His strikeout rate is 42%, and that leads the league. So if you're going, and let's get to whip. Whip is the last one. Walks, hits per inning pitch. It's the last one we'll do. And there he comes in fifth. He's at 0.72, tied with Kenta Maeda from the Twins. Plesak is actually third at 0.67. Aaron Nola from the Phillies is second at 0.65. And Dylan Bundy over at the Angels is at 0.63. So I think if you looked across all these advanced stats, all these old school stats, with the strikeouts, with the really low FIP, with the really low ERA and WHIP and Ks per nine innings leading the league, I definitely think that you would have to consider Shane Bieber the front runner for the Cy Young this year. And this is looking at the whole league, too. This is NL and AL. So he's got some strong competition here, right? Lance Lynn is pitching great. Aaron Nola is pitching great. There are some good pitchers out there. Garrett Cole is having a good season, although he doesn't really lead anything statistically. His numbers are actually kind of pedestrian. His FIP is 3.65 compared to Shane Bieber, who is at 2.13. So, yeah. I think Shane Bieber definitely has to be your leader in the clubhouse right now for Cy Young and maybe MVP, to be honest. Uh, He's pitching that great. All right. Coming up tomorrow, well, coming up later today, the Indians will finish their series against the Tigers. It's a 1 o'clock start and a day game. It's Pletko getting the start, 
right in Clevenger's spot. Clevenger and Plesek are still down at the minor league camp and will be there for a few days. And he's going against Michael Fulmer. Michael Fulmer was the 2016 American League Rookie of the Year, if you remember. In the 2016 season, he went 11-7 with a 3.06 ERA and 26 starts. So, he, he former Rookie of the Year. He had a decent season in 2017, went 10-12. In 2018, his ERA raises to 4.69, and he goes 3-12. We all know last season was terrible for the Tigers. This year, in two starts, he doesn't have a decision, does not have a decision, but he has a 6.35 ERA. His uh, whip is up to 1.76. Batters are hitting 320 off him. So Michael Fulmer is not in Rookie of the Year form right now, but I'm sure he's someone that the Tigers organization is counting on turning things around. I mean, when you have a Rookie of the Year, you kind of hope that he becomes your ace. But that's your matchup for today. Plutko, we'll see. Hopefully, he's just as solid as he's been in his other spot starts. Hopefully, his arm is stretched out a little more. And Plutko can go a little deeper into the game because we know how much that helps in winning these ball games. And it's big because right now, the Indians are a game back of the Twins. This series has really helped. Uh, we're a game back, so we could be tied for first place if things go our way today. So thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Again, the final last night from Detroit. It's the Cleveland Indians 3, the Detroit Tigers 1. We'll be back tomorrow to cover that day game. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can now email the show at ClevelandBaseballMornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show, and we'll play them back on air. Respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Morning.